All right, ladies and gentlemen, especially for you guys listening, you can't see, but uh, I want to introduce one of my good friends. If you watch the podcast, then you already know who this is, but uh, one of my buddies I've known, we met in middle school. We met pretty early. We weren't close in middle school, but we I've known you since- Did we meet middle in middle school? school? How do we meet in middle school? I think we met through T. I, I remember you before. I remember you from uh, middle school. We didn't know each other like that, but I want to introduce- my main man, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Calvin Williams. You guys know him if you keep up with the guards at 615. Uh, yes, so go ahead and give a little background information, all that good stuff. Just on me or just about like just... Uh... Yeah, man. On you, like, um, I don't know if we ever, probably early in the 615, we talked Early, about, it was like the first episode, I think. Yeah, about our background and stuff. But for people that are probably listening to just this, just kind of tell them, you know where you're from, grew up, and just high, you know, just your story to where you are now. All right, cool, cool. So, obviously, uh, I know Fine is from high school. Uh, I don't remember meeting him in middle school, but he says that, so I'm going to take his we, word. We, we weren't close, but, like, I knew of you, uh, I think, from sports. Because where'd you go Maybe. to middle school? Where'd you go to middle school? Hillsboro. Hillsboro? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we... It had to be through You team. played basketball, right? Yeah, but... Because I remember Heritage I remember and Hillsborough Hillsborough played. playing Heritage. I know we played. I don't remember. Maybe we did. Maybe. But, but. we definitely weren't as, like, we're, like, close, close now. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. But, well, obviously, uh, went to school with Finance at Independence, uh, played football and basketball with him and everything like that. Um, currently, right now, uh, what I'm doing is I am an IT recruiter for Tech Systems. If you guys do not know what that is, it's, it's a uh, – uh, staffing and services company uh, that's worldwide overseas companies and everything and uh, working staffing man and uh, I like it so far it is a challenge but you know um, I think everything's a challenge nowadays but um, the meaning of this uh, podcast and everything is to go about my uh, before I went to, with Tech Systems uh, I was a GA with Chattanooga well University of Chattanooga uh, basketball team and uh, yeah, man, we're going to get into it a little bit. We're going to dive into, you know, just my experience, my my thoughts and takeaways. And uh, for, you know, those future people that want to get into graduate school or want to get into sports business, I'll give you just my perspective and kind of things to watch out for or just tips in general, man. So, yeah, so perfect. Um, so for people that don't know, a GA is a, it's a graduate assistant position. And it's kind of like a... You know, people have had TAs, teaching assistants in labs and stuff. It's kind of like that, but, but but instead of for a professor at a class, it's for a coach uh, on a basketball team, football team, all kinds of sports. And so uh, we're just kind of going to touch into, like, the ins and outs of the GA position because if you want to get into coaching, if you want to get into sports – Basically, uh, basically, yeah. Basically, my thing is, if you do not have a collegiate sport background or play any sports, this is the route that most people take. Right. So, yeah, because yeah, obviously, you know, if you go pro or you play it at a competitive level in college, you can usually jump straight into a coaching position, even mm -hmm. it's a, probably assistant coach somewhere. But you know, if you never made it to that super competitive level, you got to put in some years as a GA usually to get mm -hmm. into those spots. Um, so. Just starting off, you know, we're going to talk about kind of in the beginning. So how did you get 
how did you get to that that your GA position? Because um, for people, uh, obviously, real quick before you go, uh, you obviously it's a graduate assistant position, so you have to be a grad student enrolled. In, yeah, you have to obviously graduate. Uh, I mean, graduate uh, with your bachelor's in whatever degree have some type of certain GPA that meets the uh, university's requirements and everything. I will say one thing. Most of the like major schools and everything require uh, the GRE. Is it GRE? Is it GRE? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The GRE. My school didn't for my program and everything. So before so, you kind of want to. Yeah. Well, most schools before, actually don't, don't even, a lot of schools are, are not, they're not requiring the GRE. Really? Because I yeah. know when I was going through, well, when did I start going through? Yeah, when well, we, it's crazy. We were on that, we were on that cusp because, you know, I'm trying to get a professor. So I'm kind of in that, I'm kind of behind the scenes kind of. <laughs> and it's crazy or funny because right when we graduated was the end of like, you know, the SAT and the GRE was like huge. You had to do those. Yeah. Ours, our year, uh, if you graduated high school 2014, so like 24, 13, 14, 15 were like really the last few years where they were like really requiring them and uh data came out and showed and they did a study and showed the gre has no correlation how well you do in grad school it but once that once that comes out a lot of schools don't require now if your gpa is they have it to where you can use it uh to kind of help so if your gpa sucks but let's say you had a bad year one year or like you had stuff going on outside of school and your grade slipped you can take the gre and in combination with your GRE and your GPA, then you can get in. So if you have a really good GRE score and your mm -hmm. GPA is all right, then they'll be like, okay, you know, he did good in his GRE. Hey, if you have a, yeah, if you have like a fantastic G, uh, GPA and you got these fantastic letter of recommendations, a lot of the time they'll just be like, yeah, we don't really need your GRE because yeah. you did well in, in high school. That, that's what I was going to say too. Like recommendations, like I don't think people understand like how much that actually has helps oh yeah like it helps out like i had three recommendation letters i didn't read two of them because obviously like they sent them and everything but one yeah. of my teachers like she sent it to me and cc'd me on the email and i read it and i was like if i don't get in then i don't know what's oh, going yeah, they on be happy. Have, they hype you up yeah a little yeah. bit so i was just like okay cool but uh anyways um how did i get into it man um it was my senior year and for my program for uh, sports management, you're required to graduate. You have to do two internships. And I think uh, each internship is like a, like 200 something hours. So um, I did my first internship at uh, Finley Stadium, which was an uh, uh, intern for event management. And then for my second semester, um, I was I, I was working as a student manager uh, on the team. And um, that's how I got into it, man. And uh, the thing that was kind of nice about it, when McKinday was there, I was trying to get in with them, but they already had the team and everything set up. Um, they had uh, like some of their student managers already like on board from like the summer and stuff. So I would have been way behind. So um, that coach left and everything. And then coach Paris came in from Wisconsin. And then that's when I had joined and everything like that. So I got in like right on the cusp of it, so. And then uh, didn't you do something uh, up in Philly? Yeah, that was actually after I graduated and everything as an internship to kind of like network build and everything, just have something on my resume that is like sports related, you know? Yeah. Um, did I ever tell you about that? Did I ever tell you like the, well, anyways, I'm gonna tell you about it anyways. <laughs> um, it's a company called Hoop Group. Uh, it's all the way up in, uh, it's based in, 
what is it called? Neptune, New Jersey. That's right next to the sh- uh, Jersey Shore. Um, and if you look at, if you go to the website and everything, man, like Kyrie Irving's been there. KD, like. Oh, so it's legit. Oh, yeah, bro. It's so legit. Like they have, um, you know, Jalen Green that just went to the, uh, what's it called? The league? He went to the Rockets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to Hoop Group Showcasing, dunked on somebody. And that's how he got his name around like the, the like the nation. Oh, and for stuff. real. Yeah. So like it was that. Dude, they're so honest. I gotta send you. I, I gotta go to the uh, uh, what's it called? The website and uh, send you the link to this this one page. And it's just a list of like current NBA players, former former uh, NBA players. You just keep on scrolling, bro. It's so long, but um, yeah, it's a company called Hoop Group up in uh, New Jersey and everything. They hold some of like the the biggest tournaments you can think of of like Nike. Uh, Nike uh, sponsorship team, Adidas sponsorship teams, like you name it, like they're out there, man. So um, very well known up in that kind of like Northeast area and everything. Okay. So. So for for your, uh, so for the GA thing, do you have to, is there like a online, like do you have to apply? Like how's the application process? Oh, I had to apply and everything like that. Um, I don't it, know. Was how- it competitive? Like. Do you know, like, if it was, like, super competitive or is it something people aren't really – not, not a lot for, of people really get into? Not for my not for my degree program because <clears throat> I was doing teacher leadership. So, I think okay. my class size – well, I had, like – how many classes did I take? I think, like, six or seven different classes. And um, classes were small, man. They're, like, ten people. And we met every okay. Saturday. We met, <clears throat> we met every third Saturday of the month. So we only met like four times. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. And then, so what I really want to get into, because I kind of saw this from, uh, for people that don't know, the so you have the coach. So let's just go like off, off position. So you have the position coach. You have. Well, you're talking about football. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I can relate to. But uh, I'm kind of saying. I go, I go with the segueing. basketball. I go with the basketball. Now. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm set. I'm going to segue into what I'm going to uh, bring up. But. So, like, in football, you have the, the position coach, you have the GA, and you have the player. And that's kind of like the, kind of like the hierarchy, depending, it, depending on the organization or the team. But there's a, there's a different relationship between the GA and the player. Because usually the player and the GA are closer in age. The coaches could be 40, 50, 60. Usually the GA and the player are a couple years apart. And so there's a different kind of connection there. And so I've seen what a GA has to do day to day. Like yeah. it's maddening. And so yeah. I want you to kind of just explain like what responsibilities that you have as a GA. Stuff like, like what you, what you have to do on the day to day? Cause I know you had to do like practice scripts and I'm sure you have to break. Like, I don't know if y'all like designated it, but I know GA has got to yeah. break down the film Bro. and like have everything set up for the coaches. So the coaches just grab and go. It's it's funny that you asked that because when I was interviewing for Tech Systems, because there's this guy that uh, played football at, at Kentucky, and he knows the GA like he was like, because uh, there's another girl in the interview that was asking me just about it, and then she was like, how would you describe it? I was just like, do you really want me to be honest? She was like, yeah. I was like, just make sure no bullshit happens, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Is you're, your responsibility. You're, you're, you're like on crowd control. Yeah, basically. Like, it can't, like, anything wrong just a sliver like you're gonna get chewed out about it basically but anyways my responsibilities 
on the team were so I was basically like videotaping the games and everything. Sometimes the practices, if I wasn't doing that, I was kind of like in the practices, like helping out and everything, like really like involved in with it. Like uh, just being, just basically just being like a, I don't even know, like a practice player, I would say kind of. Yeah, like practice a lot. Yeah, in, in a sense. Um, and that's just from like, you know, just from uh, practice and everything like that. Now what I did outside of it, obviously I said, uh, videotape games broke film down and everything like that um players laundry gotta love that shit yo you uh, did you did the laundry bro so i'm gonna get i'm gonna get i'm gonna get into like the more stuff the reason how this panned out so um did the players laundry inventory bro when i tell you when they get the gear in and everything and you have to make sure because you get obviously like road gear and everything and obviously like game gear and stuff too. right so, like, each player, like, we asked them, like, what, what what do you want? Do you want a headband, arm sleeve, leg sleeves, like, long tights, short tights? Like, what do you want? So, we got to have a spreadsheet of that. And usually basketball teams are, like, 15 people, 15, 15 to 20 people. really depends on just the team and kind of, like, the whatever it is. But um, did inventory, you got to make sure what size they they needed, like, uh, and everything like that. Got to document it. Um what else, man? What else? Were you, uh, uh, I would say, I would say, so that's in season. In season, dude, they're so like, it's so hard to kind of describe because you're literally doing almost everything, everything. in every direction. Is it Basically, like an all day thing? Yes, yes, especially if you're on the road, bro. Yes. Um, did, uh, Got the meals and everything for the coaches and everything. Like literally, yeah. like when yeah. it picked shit up in my you're car. Like a, you're like back. a glorified Aaron boy as a GA. Basically, basically. Um, and then during the off season, you know, they have camps and everything. So you're reaching out to different like coaches in the area, seeing who's trying to, you know, come to your camps and everything, get like right. an estimate number and everything like that. Because that money that they make and everything, those camps, they're really banking. They're I wouldn't say banking on it. I, Okay, I would say that because it's a smaller school. We're not like an SEC school. We're in the SoCon, if y'all know what that yeah. is. So, like, we don't bring in that much money, especially for basketball. Um, so, like, those camps and everything, we they kind of bank off of that money to put it towards the next season for, like, travel and everything like that. Right. So, yeah, man, to sum it up, you do – you, you the, there's really no clear job description of what you would do as a GA. So – but yeah. just like you know, you you would have your hands in almost everything, man. I mean, yeah, it's like uh, it's like you know when like uh, kind of like when you let's say you be like come the head coach of uh, like a uh, Kentucky's head coach or like Duke uh, or like a Nick Saban for football. When you get to that point where you're on like a long tenure track uh, career at a, at a university, you've made it. They're not doing the dirty work. You, you know what I'm saying? Like. The yeah. GAs, or that—that's when you're trying to get your foot in the door, and that's the grind. Yeah, that you do all this BS. Because I remember there was one time we started, uh, might have been my senior year, we started practicing in the mornings because coach wanted to see how that worked to practice. Because we would work out in the morning, so we were used to being up in the mornings anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, coaches noticed that like, we work out in the mornings, then we have class all day. By the time three or four o'clock came around, we're tight. Like, dudes yeah. are falling asleep in meetings. We're tired because we've had this long day because we've been up early anyway. So coaches are like, okay, let's see if we practice in the morning since they're already up. 
we get the practice out the way. And then after class, That's they can go, do yeah, they can go do homework, chill, relax, whatever, as long as you take care of your business. So, I mean, meetings at 6 a.m. So, I mean, you're, meetings at like, uh, you got to be there around six. But I just remember getting there super early. Bro, GAs had already been there. Bro. Been there. Look, you, you come, Bro. you walk, you walk into the position room, the practice is, uh, practice scripts laid out. They got the, the, the card. Cause, you know, each play is a card or set up for, they got all the cards set up. I'm like, how early do y'all get, bro? They're, they get there like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And then they stay after practice to break down the practice film. I'm like, fam. Bro. You spend more time here than the than we do. And we're the like, – it's crazy the stuff GAs go through. Bro, I remember after games, because our games would literally go – I think we, we would start either from like – from the range of like 6 to 7. We would play somewhere in between there. Bro, we would stay Huh? PM. Yeah. Yeah, PM. No AM. No, there's there's no way. (laughs) Getting those guys up at that at that morning, bro. No, there's no way. Some people ain't playing. But um, dude, it's I remember sometimes. I think the earliest I got out was probably Western Carolina. And we stayed probably. This is the earliest I got out now. Keep that in mind. I think I stayed probably like two hours and like 30 minutes after the game. These the game was at eight? No, the game, the game was at like either six or seven. It was sometime between so, there. Okay. So you're talking like you're leaving around 1 a.m., 12-ish, 12:30, maybe. After everybody leaves the floor and everything, and everybody and then, has wait, is this home game or away? Home games. Away games, away games. We just throw our stuff in the bag and just go back to the to the uh, hotel and just chill or whatever like that. Bro. Or we just go, or we just pack up and just go right home, depending on the drive. But you want, you want to know what's crazy? So uh, obviously, football's a little different. Uh, oh yeah, y'all got like 80, 80 people. <laughs> yeah. So when we, so I know away games, football, the the night games suck. They actually suck. Uh, I mean, they're cool because it's nighttime and. Usually, if you're a late night game, like you're on national TV somewhere, our, I think it was L- we played somewhere. I think it's LSU or somewhere. Game started at 8 p.m. <laughs> I remember uh, the GAs. They got to break down. We watch film Sunday, so the mm-hmm. GAs have to have the film broken down. They got like down a distance, what play, what defense they they was in, yada yada yada, and whatever they have to have that break uh, broken down for Sunday. So when we're on away games and it's late, I mean, as soon as we're on the bus, the GAs are on the iPad breaking down the film so they don't have to be – they don't have to stay at the facility when they get back till 3 a.m. Yeah. In football, you're talking offense easily around 80 plays, defense 80 plays. You got to break down each individual play. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bro, I've done that before. I've done that before on the bus. You know what the worst thing is, though? Okay, I would say so, like, home games – let me go back to the home games. I'm getting I'm getting out at least by like eleven or twelve around that area. Right. Bro, you talk about away games. If we get back at twelve, we gotta wait. We gotta put the stuff in the washer. Cause they're the, the Oh, y'all gotta do the laundry. Bro, because you gotta think about it. The the the, the player's sweat is like it's it's in the jersey. Like yeah, in the city. You can't just let it sit. Yeah. Yeah, you can't let it sit. And um 
with the material and everything that like is made out of, you have to throw it in like in the washer like soon as as possible and everything, so it doesn't hold the like the smell and everything. And plus, the way that the jersey's made, it'll mess up like the color or the stitching of it or, or something yeah. like that. So when we get back, you gotta throw it in the washer and everything. You have to stay there because they have to air dry. If you leave it in there, somebody will take it in there and just throw it in there and just put it on high heat. Next thing you know, the the, the wording and everything yeah. is messed up on the jersey. So uh y'all, <laughs> y'all, y'all, did y'all roll buses everywhere? We rode buses everywhere. Did that y'all was, fly to any away games? Yeah, we flew to um we only <laughs> the only time we flew was to Michigan. We played them. Uh, did, do y'all not normally travel that far for away games? No. Uh-uh. Like, I think the farthest that we travel for away games, like, in our, our region is probably, like, South Carolina, like, Furman, which is, like, six hours, I think. Oh, so y'all, uh, after the – so after the game, y'all come straight back. On we'll come the bus. straight back. Yeah, straight back. Yeah. That's tough. I would rather just go back to the hotel and just deal with it in the morning. So yeah, our, ours wasn't too bad, but that's because we flew everywhere. Yeah. Like uh we had a game in Kansas City and Columbia, Missouri is t- two hours. Two if you're going the speed the exact speed limit, it's two hours. So if, I mean if you're driving like most people drive, you can make it an hour 30, hour 45. Uh it's a two-hour drive. Well, we still flew to Kansas City just because mm-hmm. one, you know, SEC, I guess we got bread like that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it, it's crazy. We were doing the math because by the time we got to the airport, everybody went through security, uh, got on the plane, they got everybody. By the time they did all that, we flew and landed. We probably could have been to Kansas City at this like around the same amount of time, even though the flight the flight's like 30 40 minutes, but including like just getting on the plane and getting off, it's like a two hour thing. Yeah, which is, it was so many damn people, which I didn't complain because. You know, you just cool. I'd rather I'd rather fly in a plane and ride on a bus any day. But uh, yeah, for sure. So now getting into like the meat of it, and this is kind of, I guess, for people that want to get into coaching and are going to take the GA route. What are next steps that they like? Where can they go from here as a GA? Like, what are some possible next steps they could take? Man, I mean. It really depends on the situation. I mean, as a GA, like you can get go into like uh, director of operations, which I wanted to uh, go into. Um, that's like basically you're doing all like the back end logistics and everything like that. Um, that's the stuff that I, I like. But I was looking for a role that's kind of like a director of ops, but you can still like you know be like a like a coach a little bit. You can train still, so you kind of get like a little hybrid, like a hands on director of ops. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That's the kind of role that I was looking for, but I don't really know what university does that because it's either you're the business side or you're the coaching side. Yeah. I don't think they really do, like, the in-between stuff. I don't you, know. It might be out there. I feel like you'd almost have – well, nah. I was going to say, I feel like you'd almost have to be the athletic director and just hire yourself as the director of ops, and then that way you – you know, coach can't say nothing if you want to train, but as athletic director, you got to look over all the sports. There's probably not enough time in the day for all that. For, yeah, for, for yeah. doing that for one sport. Yeah. Uh, um, you can do uh, – so you can go the director of ops uh, route. You can go video coordinator if you like, you know, the back end, like, you know, just, you know, cutting film and everything. And I think video coordinator, to be honest, is probably the most 
unique role because for somebody that doesn't know basketball, if you just sit there and actually watch the film and everything, you'll pick it up easily. Like right. you'll understand what the coaches are talking about, like on screens or how to defend like this certain play or anything like that, or just different, like, you know, just different sets of plays that they run and everything. Um, which is actually pretty cool, but that's something that I, I, I did not find any interest in. Um, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I remember listening to, I don't know the guy's name, and this was a while ago, but uh, the guy that does the Titans games on the radio, because every Sunday we'd come home from church, we'd straight to the, to the Titans radio, and the, one of the announcers or whatever that does the broadcast, he doesn't know, he was saying he didn't know football, but because he watch, he studies the film, so mm-hmm. he can like be good at his job. He'd study the film and he started to pick up. He would know when it would be a pass or play based off. He would know the down and distance, obviously, because, you know, third down to 10 yards to get a first down. He knew that. Mm-hmm. But he was like, he would know when it's going to be a pass or run based on who's out there. Because he noticed when this receiver oh, and this receiver. Yeah, he noticed well, when this receiver and this receiver out there, they throw it 80% of the time. And he noticed when they got two tight ends and a running back, they run it 90% of the time. Like, he started to pick that up. So he got so good at the, I guess, the scheme of the game based on personnel that mm-hmm. he actually he actually had a really good, solid football IQ. He yeah. could probably call a defense against the Titans. Even though he doesn't know football, he'd be like, oh, they're probably going to run it because it's third and five. And usually this tight end, that receiver, and that running back, they're going to run it 80% of the time. Like, yeah. So it's crazy, like – uh, you mentioned how the video uh, coordinator thing is an easy way to pick up the game if you want to get into coaching or be around it, but don't really know the basketball sport on that level. Yeah, basketball yeah. on that level. Fun fact, bro. I didn't know if you know knew this. Eric Safalosha, that's the head coach of the Heat. He started out as video coordinator. Really? That makes yeah. sense. That makes yeah. sense because he's a great basketball mind. Exactly. Exactly. Um, makes total sense. So you can obviously go, um, and I want to say this to just clarify. If you if you are a GA at the D1 level, jumping straight into assistant coaching and everything, that's not going to happen. Like, that's just not – that's just unrealistic. Yeah, and, and I want you to explain that. Like, so let's say the person is asking you, I want to become a coach and I'm taking the GA route. What can, what can that person – what's like the typical route? Because I know in football – the typical route is uh, you become a GA and you want to try to be a GA with either a great coach or at a high level. So obviously, if you're a GA in the SEC level, that's a good starting point. You'd be a GA and you'd be a GA for at least two years. Then mm-hmm. out of there, you usually get either like a recruiting department position or you sometimes you can go to a smaller division or a smaller school and get a position coach job. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you start position coach. Then you work your way up. Then you might move to a different schools. Then you work your way up to defensive or offensive coordinator, go to a few schools. And then you finally get the head job, head coaching position. Mm-hmm. So for basketball, kind of what's like the typical route? The typical route? Coach? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm being very clear on this. If you are a player and you're a GA, like if you play on a team and then you become a GA, like you'll probably go into like probably like a, a – like a, a trainer role or whatever, like, cause you know, at higher level, like D1 schools, they have the funding to have like 10 people on their support staff. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, I mean, you, that's the route that I see usually for like the player route. 
Now, like just the average Joe route, you'll probably go to director of ops or video coordinator to be straight up honest. It's either those two is, is really what I see. Now, if you go um, to like a, uh, like a NAIA D3, D2 school, yeah, you can get the assistant coaching job and everything like that. They're looking for you know, young, hungry individuals that are trying to get into coaching and stuff. So that's usually the route that I see um, most people get. But assistant coach D1 level, that's that's unheard of unless you're just a wizard. <laughs> so, well, uh, I mean, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, it takes time. Because uh, I'm know, just saying, like, jumping from GA to assistant coach to D1 level, that's unheard of. Like, yeah, yeah, that is a uh, that is a pretty big bounce. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, so obviously people, when people watch football, basketball, whatever sport, uh, they only see the end result, the product. They only see the game. Is there anything or, like, what are some things you learned kind of behind the scenes that either you didn't really know about or that you were just like, oh, like, you know, things that, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people don't really talk about but that are there. That's like a part of the game. Like, like, give me an example so I know what you're, like, talking uh, about. Because, I mean, there's so much back stuff. I mean, like, I bro, mean, getting, dude, I will say the most stressful thing is getting the fucking players there on time for, for warm-ups and everything like that. Oh, really? Dude, that is literally – okay, I don't – the thing the, – the, the reason why I say this is because at a lower-level school, they're just there to, 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 to hoop and everything like that. Right. Now, like – and they're probably not the most how's the word was responsible Art, articulate oh yeah yeah not the most <laughs> responsible articulate responsible they're not the most articulate and responsible people now on the D1 level they're probably like oh if you don't get here you, we'll sit your ass like we don't care oh yeah. yeah yeah there's somebody like, somebody's ready to take your spot yeah but like at this level it's just like I know I'm a starter. Nobody said. So, yeah, we need position. you, buddy. I, you know, we'll give you, we'll give you a 10 minute grace period to just show up. <laughs> but, but, bro, I would literally say getting them in the locker room to at least suit up just for warm ups and everything. Because usually our coach, uh, Coach Curtis, like a little pregame talk before warm ups and everything mm -hmm. and all that. They go out, warm up, come back in, get fully suited up, and they have like the pregame speech and all that and like get energized, get their juices and all that shit. But, yeah, that's that's probably the most frustrating thing I would say, bro. Like for the behind the scenes part. Um, but no, explain what you were like saying though. Um, so like I'm trying to think of something like football wise that people don't really understand, but it's like kind of behind the scenes stuff. Um, I don't know from a GSP, like I know from like a player's perspective, and the uh so like I guess this is kind of what I'm asking, but like uh, you know, when people ask me about football a lot of behind the scenes stuff is like the off season isn't really an off season. No. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like no. people, that's why, you know, Oh, it's football season. Well, to the players, it's big football season. Yeah. It's a year round thing. And it's obvious, honestly, some of the time the season is, is slighter than the spring for the mm -hmm. parent program, but like stuff like that. But like from a GA, like a coaching's perspective of like, Oh dang, this is, different that you don't see on the front end like our training is I, I guess like from a player's perspective like the training bro my i'm about to go adjacent but like my thing is with the whole uh scholarship playing football thing is 
you know, people are always like, oh, you got a free education. Like, you understand, like, 90% of the student population would 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 kill to be there. No, they wouldn't. On I the promise you, you guys are on. I you, promise you the training we do, there are some people that would rather pay tuition than to do the stuff we do. Like, I promise. It's not even that. It's not even that. The the training you got to do on top of the schoolwork, on top of the mandatory meetings you got to go to and everything. Like, as soon as you sign, I tell everybody this that wants to play college sports or anything like that, that asks me, like, anything. I'm just like, hey, as soon as you sign your name on that piece of paper, you sign your your soul away. Yeah, like, literally. And then in their defense, like, yeah, I knew what I was – well, you don't know what you're really getting into. You don't know – what you're getting into. You don't know the get, You don't know the level. Yeah, like, yeah, I knew I was signing up to be, to play competitive football and it was going to be tough, but you don't really know. It's easy to say that until you get there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what it's like being a D1 athlete until you become a D1 athlete. Now, I'm not complaining, but I'm saying is it's a different level. Like, people have yeah. no idea. Definitely, for sure. Um, Oh, I have to think about this, man. Uh, I would say the training and everything is is different, bro. Like they they go on a run across. Obviously, I don't think you've ever been to Chattanooga, but there's like a, a bridge that that kind of like connects like um, downtown Chattanooga to like the university. They have to go run around that, and there's a big ass hill on the other side of. Uh, the bridge that they have to run up basically doing like uh one tens and everything but just running up and down the hill and everything right. um is there any like uh did you ever have to see like co- the coaches like put any like crazy hours in that you're like oh this is unheard of because i know like some coaches like don't see their family like during really the season, much during the season dude around the thanksgiving christmas time that's when they're really really working like Especially oh yeah, y'all are in season at Christmas time, huh? And that's you're playing in tournaments, tournaments. and everything. So if you thinking about taking vacation, nah, that's not happening, bro. Um, Dang. I would say too something that a lot of people don't know when they go on these, um, like these recruit, like when the recruits come in and everything. There's a lot of back end stuff that the GAs and director of ops has to do. Really? Like, See, I didn't yeah, know that. I had yeah, like, I didn't like, know it. So, like, uh, when they come in and everything, we dedicate a locker to them and have, like, their, like, uh, jersey on there and everything, like, some free pair of shoes, Chattanooga gear and everything that's set up specifically for them. Then they have to come in. We get with, like, the media team and, like, set up, like, uh, the photo shoot and all that stuff, like, the jersey and everything like that, that they get to put on. Um, after that, we get like a golf cart and they get like a tour of the whole campus that they get to ride on the golf cart and everything. So we got to designate that for them. Uh, oh yeah. When they go out to, uh, like, uh, like their dinner or whatever, we got to like go out there and like reserve the table and everything like that. And as soon as they get there, like, as soon as like, we try to plan it out is like, as soon as like they like leave wherever they're coming from, we put in like appetizers and everything. So once they get there. They got the appetizers already there. Yeah, you, you, yeah you're trying to show them like, yeah, treat them like royalty almost. Yeah, yeah. basically. And then um, I think we don't do anything with this because they go back to the coach's house and everything, kind of sit down, and just just kick it basically. But we don't have to do anything with that because that's that's his crib. So uh, yeah, man. do the do the 
so in the uh, in the off season, do the coaches travel to like go see high school guys? Yeah, uh, yeah. What, like what, different coaches have different territories. Like yeah, that's what like, that I did. That's what one thing. I, uh, an example that I just thought of is I didn't know that like coaches yeah. have certain areas that they that's where they go. I thought you know like if the coach liked you, they went to go see. You. It's like no, nah, mm -hmm. like they have a region in the country that they go and try to get guys. And like when they travel, it's I know in the summer we had one coach and he's gone for the whole month just because mm -hmm. a lot of the practice in the summer for our summer is ran by the GAs because the coaches are oh yeah, I'll be in. Tennessee this weekend, Georgia the next weekend. I got to see some guys in Bama. They're, I'm like, like that's that's one thing I was like, whoa. Like, coaches it's, are. It's funny, though, is because everybody, like, the whole coaching staff recruits Tennessee. Like, that's just, like, because obviously we're in Tennessee. In, yeah, in-state. Um, I think Coach Parrish really focuses on graduate, graduate uh, transfers and everything. They have one-year eligibility left. I think he, right. that's what he focuses on. Coach Shannon focused uh in florida because he's from florida and kind of and then like georgia too that makes sense d mac when he played at ohio he's from ohio so he's in the ohio kentucky indiana kind of like area region. yeah, yeah. And like then, upper south midwest ish yeah and then um what's it called bronson is i think he's wisconsin because he played at wisconsin so he's looking for like the the people that are just below, like, you know, D1, like, like high D1, you know, yeah. high D1 uh, offers and everything like that. And he has a good presence out there because he went to school out there. And that's right. where Coach Paris, because they all came, that whole coaching staff came from Wisconsin, not besides DMAC and Shannon. Like, everybody else came from Wisconsin, okay. like, actually university. So um, that's their territories, man. And shit, that's what they go at. <laughs> Now, you know, we've been – so now I want to kind of put everything, like, the big picture because we've been talking about all this stuff you have to do, all this stuff. And what people always forget is you have to keep your grades up. So I, uh, for you – I guess you specifically and maybe some advice you would give on balancing classes because I know that's like – anytime you talk about collegiate athletes or you talk about – GAs and coaches, GA assistants, two coaches, you can't forget about the class, the school. Mm -hmm. You, yeah, you yeah. gotta break down the film, and you still have classes. Yeah, and you have to do well, and especially if you're when people don't know when you're an undergrad. I think as long as you have a 2.0 GPA, you're eligible. You're fine, and as long as you pass. I think nine credit hours a semester, and which undergrad is twelve is full time. Yeah, you have to be – if you're getting government assistance, you have to be 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. so, like, you have to keep – but that's undergrad. What people don't understand is when you go to grad school, anything less than a B is an F. There's no such thing as Cs in grad yeah. school. So yeah. it's even – and depending on the program, but most of the time you're talking about the workload in grad school is exponentially more than undergrad. So you're doing all of this on top of – a higher level education. Mm -hmm. I want you to speak on that. Like, was it hard for you or were you pretty good time management? It, it was, it was hard because I had to miss some of the classes because we were traveling. Traveling. That, that's what I really want to talk about. Cause in football, 
we Saturday, so we're not missing much. I don't think I never really missed anything for real because of football. But basketball, I, don't y'all like sometimes play like a Wednesday, like in the middle of the it's week? So it do, it's so it you like when it's non conference, bro. You could literally play on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you could literally play on Sunday. Like, like how, it, yeah, how was that? I'm sure that was crazy. So non conference, that was a beast, bro. Because we were traveling, because. Like, for instance, like we would when you play non-conference it's more you're traveling, you're traveling more and everything because right. you're, you're traveling to like the bigger schools and everything. Right. Or you might have like an exhibition game where you're playing like some some uh, smaller school than you or whatever. But majority of the time, non-conference, you're traveling. So there's a I forgot who we put. We played. We played Michigan. Right. In November, we played them, I think, on like a Wednesday or Tuesday. We came back to chat for a day, had practice, went to Florida for a five-day tournament, came back two days, went somewhere else, came back for, I think, like three or four days. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, that That's a quarter of a semester. That's almost exactly. a month. <laughs> that's almost a month. And then we, we had four days, and then we went somewhere else, and then we had bus problems, which delayed the trip. So, oh, bro, like, no. so I could. Non- non-conference, dude, was, 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 was hard. It was hard, and plus, like, it was harder for me because, luckily, the class, the teacher like uh, recorded the videos and everything right. for the class. But still, dude, just just sitting up there, it's just not listening, the same. Yeah. it's not the same at all, bro. And um, sleep, bro, that was not a thing at all. Like, it, it was it was to the point. Finest, it was like if I even got the like the uh, like if I had like a thirty minutes or an hour, I would be doing like a little bit of a paper, bro. And going back to like what I gotta do for GA yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, you, you didn't have time to really no. you had no downtime. No. Because if you if you had time to chill, you were that means you were just not doing stuff you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um like for instance, like when I was doing the player laundry, I'm in I'm in the locker room just Googling stuff, bro. Typing. Oh, for real? Yeah, oh, for doing real. like schoolwork and stuff. Yeah, bro. Oh yeah. So Cause I mean, I had no other choice. Like I had yeah. to wait on the jersey and stuff. I'm like, shit, I got an hour to spare. Like, let me do something. So it was that. Now, once we get on conference schedule, that's when it's more like scheduled and everything. Cause I think we played every Wednesday, Wednesday and Saturday, but I think it was like alternating. Like there might be one week where we played straight home games, but right. every other like game, it was like home game. It would be like, no, we would probably have like three weeks out of the, out of the out of the uh the season where we play straight home games for that whole week but other than that it was like flip-flop like home game away game home, away game home game you know so and that's still steep I'm, like i was thinking about this uh a few years ago if i had played any other sport i could not have got my my degree in physics because oh, no. with the yeah. classes I was in, because most of my uh, undergrad classes were cross-listed. So they were really grad-level courses. Mm-hmm. What I was thinking was undergrad. And if I missed one day, if I missed one day of that class, <laughs> it was like missing – you were missing so much material. It would take you two weeks to catch up for missing that one day because the way the class was set up with science or physics, at least, it's so much – uh, theory and there's so much math that they pack into one day because you know classes are like an hour or whatever and you're trying to go through the textbook this big in a in four months so everything's there's no way i was only able to get my degree because we only left on fridays which you know 
you don't have class on the weekends. That's the only way I was able to get my degree. If I was playing basketball or track or any other sport that traveled in the middle of the week, there's no way. There, there would have been no way. <laughs> I'd have majored in like, I'd have majored in like, well, no disrespect to people that have English majors, but I would have made, majored in like English or like uh, theater or, 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 or business <laughs> or uh, general. No, I refuse. I would have never done general studies, but it's tough. Like that sounds, that sounds tough. Like a Wednesday to just, especially if obviously you would probably try to uh, logistically set your schedule up better than that. But you know, some, some the way some classes set up, you have all your classes, or it, let's say you have four classes. There's some semesters where I got three classes in one day on a Wednesday. Could you imagine having three classes on a Wednesday and you're gone half the Wednesdays of the semester? There's nothing. And you know, if you're out of town, you're missing that Thursday classes too. So, <laughs> but 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 you gotta keep a B average minimum. And you got laundry to do. You got practice to break down. That's crazy. hey, I got, I got, I, I got coaches texting me, yelling, where, where, where the fuck such and such at? He ain't here. Like I gotta go to their dorm. Hey. Just, 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 hey, hey, you in there? <laughs> it's like oh, I don't know, coach. I'm in the middle of an exam. An exam. <laughs> That's crazy. Bro, I'm gonna tell you a funny story after you get done with all these questions, bro. All right, all right. I only got, <laughs> I got two more. All right, cool, cool. So kind of wrapping up uh, what we were talking about before we uh, just have some free conversation. Um, did, so I do know, remember at one point you wanted to be a coach and then uh, after your GA stuff, you were like, oh, I kind of wanted to have been like director of ops. And so what changed, your, was there anything that changed your perspective or like, was there anything you saw that, that you were like, ooh, coaching, you know, that kind of make you switch your, mindset or change your mind on that yeah definitely there's, there's multiple things first thing dude and dude the any if you work in any like athletic sports or anything it's mm -hmm. a grimy game bro oh, it's, yeah. it's a grimy game dude like i've heard stories of other people like a position will open and like let's say like your 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 best friend from like not best friend, but somebody that you work with that, like, from years ago that you work with is in mm -hmm. the same position. I've heard stories of, like, people snaking other people out and stuff. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, it's slimy, slimy. Yeah. Like, like slime like, season, slimy. I don't know if it was true or not, but I heard this, so I'm just Oh, like, I believe it, because people I'm really want like, that position. Uh, especially if you're trying to go from a GA to a full-time salary position. Oh, I, I believe people do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Um, Because, oh, Real quick, because as a GA, you're not getting paid. I got luck. Luckily, I got paid. No, I'm saying, well, I was pausing. You're not getting paid well. No, you're you're not a salary paid no. position. Like no. you're you're. No, side note. Like side note, and that's the thing that I want to tell everybody: if you do a GA, if you do a GA and everything, please make sure you got some money stashed away. Oh, make yeah. sure you're you got not making you're not away. making either make sure you got either some money stashed away a good side job hustle that won't burn you out or whatever or both so yeah that's my that's my recommendation bro because that little that little that little chump change they hand over might not even get the rent covered <laughs> oh so. yeah, it's yeah i want to make sure people understand like you're not a full-time salary type position you're you're 
It's a grind. You're um, basically, it's a volunteer role without being vol- volunteered. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like, it's a volunteer role, but they cut you. They cut you some, like, they cut you a piece, even though it's not really much. Yeah. Because I don't know how much, I don't know, like, everywhere, you know, at UTC or whatever, but I know based on what I've seen as, uh, from, based on what I've seen, if you were to, um, so, you know, minimum wage, federal minimum wage, seven twenty-five. If you were to, let's say, anytime you did anything, GA responsibility, responsibility uh, type, anything of that level, you were to log those hours, you're making significantly less than minimum wage. Oh, that's how. Like, yeah, God, I'm trying. I'm trying to put it in perspective. Let people know, like, you're not compensated very well. If you oh. were to put the literally log, like people that work 40 hours a week, if you work, which you you work more than 40 hours a week. If you include everything, but if you do forty hours a week, your pay minimum should at least be seven twenty-five times forty. Well, if you were to log all your hours you do as a GA, everything, and to look at that check they give you every month, it's not even close to seven twenty-five. No. Significantly lower than seven twenty-five. No. Just to put in perspective for people that have no idea, like what what level we're talking. Literally, uh, um. but perspective. Back to our question: What changed your mind? So, what was the first thing that I said? I forget. I forgot what I said, man. Damn. You know, um, you know I got a... CT. Yeah, I got problems. Um, memory. I would say whatever I said the first one. The second one, dude. First thing, like you like like we said before, there really isn't an offseason. So, as a coach, bro, you're working as much, if not more, than you're working in in-season. Because, you, like you say, you're traveling to different right. places, scouting, reaching out to these guys, like, trying to set up, like, time for them to come visit the school and everything. Like, you like you think the season's over and everything. You think you have vacation. You don't really have vacation at all. Like, it's crazy. Um, and obviously, too, like, you play during the, the winter months. That's when the holidays are. You don't get to see your family. I think that's a big thing because I like to go see family and everything right. like that. And you just – you like, you – if you're a coach on the staff, you you can't leave. Like, you just can't, you know? So, um, that's the second thing. The third thing, you really just don't know when you're going to get your call to be a head coach or begin to a coaching role because it's so competitive. Right. Especially, yeah. like, like it, it's crazy, though, dude. Like, there's people that I've known from when I did the hoop group job that have been at like the D2, D3 level for like six, seven years. And they haven't got that, like that. And they've been applying networking with, with like, right. you know, all these different people and everything. And they just can't get out. I say the worst thing is to, I've heard if you get into JUCO, it's really hard to get out of that. Once you like step into the JUCO world. It's hard to get out of it. It's hard to get out of it. And I don't, and, for, and the reason why I, I have no idea at all. That's just what I've heard multiple times yeah it makes sense because i feel like i feel like once you drop down to the juco level you're taking yourself out of that pool of higher level uh gas or assistant coaches and stuff like that and you know a lot of people look at where you came from previously exactly uh, and if they don't know anything about that place or know somebody that went there they're probably they're like "Ah." they're like yeah because i mean because i guess to put in perspective, at least the way I think about it from my football background, it's like, you know, let's say you, 
or uh, assistant coach at a G, uh, let's say you're assistant coach at a JUCO and then you're applying for a job. Let's say there's a position open at, at let's just say Louisville football team or basketball, whatever. Yeah. Let's say football. And you did, you were assistant coach at a JUCO for, let's just say five years. Well, and then, but then you have this guy, let's say this other guy applies. He's been a GA at Alabama. He's been the GA for the running backs at Alabama. Well, the positions for running backs at Louisville, they're more likely to take the GA at, for Bama at running backs with that program and the knowledge he's soaked up under Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. They're probably more likely to take him than they are the guy that's been a head coach at JUCO. Yeah. Even if he's been, you know, he could probably go undefeated three, four years in a row. It's JUCO versus yeah. this guy that's been under, you know, we all know everybody that's been under Nick Saban. We know their track records. They're phenomenal coaches. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of makes sense how once you step into that JUCO world, mm -hmm. but, you know, some people, it's the only thing available. So, I mean, you got to get out the mud. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough, for but sure. it makes sense. Not trying to downplay Juke or anything. It's oh just, yeah, like that's just a that's, that's just still. a different type of ball game, man. So it's tough there. It's tough. Um, but the thing about the only way that I know people that can really get out of it is if you have just a top-notch star player that's going high D one that's transferring to a high D one school. If you're just a good coach and everything, really? that's like way. the rapport. Rapport. Oh, you talk about you send guys out. You're yeah, like you're like, like like you you can like every year like you're putting somebody at like a top. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a, a pipeline juco. Yeah, you're like, always sending guys to like Bama, Clemson, yeah. Ohio State. And they're like, dang, who's this coach sending all these guys? Okay, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the only yeah. way I can think of like. <laughs> that makes or sense. You, or you just got a crazy, just a crazy long lasting record like that's yeah, some stupid, stupid like. <laughs> so, that makes sense. Um. What else, man? What else? You know what it really was, bro? This is the big one. What? Cut the through. One, bro. Is dealing with player egos and everything like that. Really? I feel I like can't, I can't, bro. I can't deal with that, dude. I really can't. And the, you know the reason why? I'm not gonna say the dude's name, but when I was a G, when when I was a a, a student manager, there's this one, this is freshman. Granted that he was good and everything, he was great, great player when he was in high school. I think he's a four star. We there's no way in hell he should have came to Chattanooga, but the coaching oh, really? staff, yeah, the coaching staff got him there. Like, bro, he had like 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 Xavier offered him. Oh, like, for real? All these, all the yeah, all these like big name schools up in that kind of like Ohio, Indiana region and everything. So. There's one day that he came in and he was late. He, he he was late. Like everybody was on the line already, like stretching and everything. He right. was late. Like he, he <laughs> so the coach went up to him and was just like, Coach went up to him and was like, it was assistant coach, not the head coach. Assistant coach went up to him. I think this is the coach that recruited him actually. Kev, why are you late? Man, I was doing some fuck up my face. I'm like, oh my God. He said that to the coach. Yeah. And they got into like a little argument and it got to it got to a point where one of the players had to hold him back because they were like they weren't about to fight, but they were getting in each other's face and everything, kind of getting into a yelling match. And bro, when I saw that dude, I'm just like, 
I do not want to do that. Ever get into like an 18 or 19 year old's face when they're like trying to like, when you're trying to confront them on something that they did. Right. When they're in the wrong. They, they're in the wrong and you call them out on it because that's what you're supposed to do as a coach. And then they get in your face and everything. When I saw that, I was like, no, I, 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 have no, I do not want no part in it. And Ooh, then the, that's tough. That is tough. I'm not going to lie. It is tough. It, like, and, and you hear stories about that too, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I can't deal with it. And the thing about it too, like, he came in, obviously, like, he, he had a name. He was a four-star recruit on ESPN. Like, you go down to a small school, they're going to expect you to produce. Like, play right away. Play right away. Yeah. No, he started in everything, bro. But he would come in. He would put up the numbers and everything, but he was forcing it. But he still thought he was, like, still the man of the team. Like, uh, was he not efficient? Like, his, he was just no, trying to – he wasn't to... efficient. Like, okay. he would put up, like – I think he averaged, like, 15 points or whatever like that. But he – like he would take at least like twelve shots to get to get right. him. Right, he'd, he'd put up a lot of shots to get those points. Yeah, so it was just like, yeah, you're getting the numbers, but you're pushing it, you know, like yeah. it's not efficient. And uh, but still, he still thought he was like the number one go to, the first option. But realistically, like he wasn't. Like, and I just uh, can't. Do that's that. tough. But, well, it's interesting you say that because I thought. I feel like a lot of the reasons why people, some people become coaches is because of the egos, not because they want to put up with them, but they have an influence. Cause you know, when they come in they're they're kids, you're, you're, yes, you might be 18, but you're a kid. You're, you're, you know what I'm saying? You're still young and they want to develop them. Cause I feel like um, I would rather coach college than, than, let me recant that statement. <laughs> it depends. It depends. It depends. But I know a lot of coaches say they'd rather coach college than the professional level because the college coaches have bigger impacts on the players. One, yeah. you know, it's more of a family type thing. It's not really, it's not too much cutthroat business because once you're on scholarship, the scholarship, you, you know, you got protection on the scholarship. Unlike mm -hmm. in the NBA, they cut you whenever they want or NBA. Uh, yeah. NBA, NFL, they cut you whenever they want. But, but you're kind of protected on scholarship. And it's more of a family-type bond, I guess. And so they have a bigger impact on them because you spend more time. You know, you got team activities, bonding, whatever, whatever. And you can develop them into guys they become. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I also feel like if you're the coach, if you don't like dealing with egos, fam, you don't have to. Because I'm I'm, I'm, let, sure. let somebody show up late to practice. Their locker, their their lockers cleared out the next day, my, my man. Yeah, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like you can yeah. you can run your ship however you want to run it. Mm -hmm. you, you but know. when you don't got that many people on the team like that, that's not like a hey, our yeah. teammate. You got to pick your poison. Uh, <laughs> so look, I will tell you this: the one thing I was especially uh, Coach Pinkle, who I respected about a lot a lot of coaches that I've come across. What I respect about them the most is they don't care if you're. And they don't care if you're in the running for the Heisman Trophy. They don't care if you're the number one player in in college, whatever. If mm -hmm. you are on some BS, if you show up, obviously you get a little bit of a slack. But if you're on some BS with an ego, they don't care. They will sit you down. Now, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, chat, Mizzou, yeah. two different <laughs> programs. But if I was a coach, I don't care. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're already not efficient, 
say less. Now, if he was shooting eight, you know, if he was shooting 80% from the field and this dude was dropping 25 points a game, okay, we got to try to make it work. You know what I'm saying? But if you got to put up 15, six, if you got to put up 18 shots to get 15 points, bro, the moment you do something out of line, no, nah, bro, you're, you're, you're suspended. Sit, indef- you're suspended sit, indefinitely. Come sit right here next to me. Right. <laughs> We gotta figure something out because this is not this ain't it. <laughs> but no, I respect that because I mean, dude, and I, I really think that was the biggest thing for me because and the yeah, crazy man. thing about it, he still, he still played. He still started to play after it. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess it was the assistant coach. It's not like he came up on the head coach, even though it's still wrong. But the head coach was right there, like watching it. I'm just like, damn. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, yeah, you're right, but I'm telling you, if he had like gotten the head coach's face, it'd have been different. Oh yeah, it, you know. But I don't think he had the balls to do that. Exactly. Exactly. He knew he was talking. He knew who he was talking to. Yeah. <laughs> the assistant coach. But still, I. You know, I don't like people with bad attitudes. Yeah. But, uh, now here's the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. Would you go back now? Obviously, not as a GA, but uh, would you go back the opportunity arose? Um, yes, that's arose. If the opportunity presented itself, <laughs> would you get back into the to the coaching scheme game or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, it would have to be the position that I want. It had to be like the perfect situation. It would have to be the perfect situation, and. It, the money would have to obviously be right too, because yeah. you don't get paid. Even if you're on full, when you're on like staff and everything, like a, like on payroll and everything, you still don't make that much in those positions, man. Like our director of ops at, I think the director of ops at Chat, I think makes thirty five to forty thousand a year. What? No. Swear. Hold up. Wait a minute. We finna fact check this. Swear. It ain't much, bro. For basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Bro, 35? Oh. What does it say? No, this is the United States uh, average. Oh, here we go. He makes $96,000 a year, Calvin. Who? Wait, I got to make sure this is a football. Uh, you gotta take an account we're low level D one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, chat makes some money though. Bro, it's not that much. I'm telling you. Plus, they had to take a pay cut because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, Google is. Oh, here we go. UT chat. Uh, assist. That's the AD. AD, director of athletic performance. You on Chad's website? Yeah. Where's the director? Uh, it's equipment facility. How are you? Find, hold on. Send me this link. I want to know where you found this out. It's the staff directory. Oh, it doesn't show how much. Um. It doesn't show how much they make. It just shows a title. Oh, well, before I clicked on it, it was showing the, uh, 
we couldn't find it, people. We're in here trying to uh, we're scheming for people's salaries in here. I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it. It's not much, bro. It's not that much. So I wonder how much to add. Yeah. Say that again. I want uh, the. Is it called director of ops or director of player personnel? I think those titles are basically the same, same thing. Oh, they got they got the, they got the Bamas. I, I wanted to see if I think it's not on there because y'all are a smaller school. Because uh, Bamas football director of operations salary is on there, which is one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, some good insight, some good insight. Basketball makes 42,000 a year. No. Ooh. University of North Alabama director of basketball operation makes 12,000 a year. There's no way. <laughs> that is no, no, there's no way. That is, dude, they. That's disrespectful. You're better off just working at McDonald's, bro. I was, I was literally just about to say you <laughs> McDonald's. I think at McDonald's, if you worked as a cook making minimum wage, you could uh, you'd at least make 19. Ah, oh, you could probably make 20,000 a year. 19,000 um, minimum. 19,000. Like minimum, bro. Hold on. Let's see how much. So no, you make fifteen thousand. If you're making working minimum wage, working forty hours a week, forty times how much you get? Nineteen. Nineteen. You get paid nineteen dollars an hour. No, not nineteen. No, Seven twenty-five. Is that nineteen? The, nineteen an hour? No, no hold I, on, hold on. I would be working at McDonald's if they're paying nineteen an hour. What is? I thought the minimum wage was at least ten dollars. It's seven twenty-five, Calvin. I thought they raised it. Not everywhere. I, that's Damn, it, it, it's, state, it's state by state. I just go by federal because I always think like bare minimum, worst case scenario. Because oh, yeah. Texas minimum wage is still seven twenty five. Hold on. Yeah, fam. Nineteen, bro. McDonald's paying nineteen hour. I would be in a McDonald's outfit right now. I would yeah, be bro, working 15, at McDonald's. Seven twenty five. You're bringing home fifteen thousand dollars and eight fifteen thousand eighty dollars. Before taxes. Before taxes. <laughs> That's more. Than the North Alabama director of basketball operations. Assuming this is right, I think this is some BS. But he might be—he it might say that because he's doing something for tax write-off, uh, tax write-off uh, things. But yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. For sure, bro. Good for talk. sure. Yo, since we're on the topic of basketball, you see them eighteen NBA players get get uh, what's it called, bro? <laughs> Bro, them dudes are trying to get some money. Bro, they, $4 million? They have to be broke. My thing is, though, some of them are. Some of them are. But Darius Miles has his own YouTube channel with um, 
Quinn Richardson, which gets a lot of views and everything. I know it that does. They, How many subscribers yeah. they have? You know, you remember? I have no idea, but if they kind of do like a a, a podcast, kind of like uh, the the All the Smoke one with Matt Barnes and Steve yeah. Jackson. It's very similar to that. But I'm like, bro, like you're making money off of these YouTube videos and stuff, like, and you trying to scheme, like, it's like, damn. Uh, hey, uh, for people that explain it for the people that uh don't know about the this was t- this happened this I saw the report today. This happened today. So, eighteen former NBA players are all indicted federally on like a four million dollar like scheme for like I think it's like their fraud fraud like for um like their like wealth and benefits plan or whatever yeah i don't know specifically what that insists of like the benefits plan and what they tried to do and everything i just know 18 people split four million dollars or whatever the the total was and you playing with federal money bro with the government's money yeah Yeah. you yeah they bro they're about to do some hard time like i I don't think they'll do hard time but nothing to do hard time for real no Anytime, anytime, anytime crime. I can see that. With, How much do you think? Three years, maybe? At the most? Bro, I don't think so. Bro, th- here's how I always think about it. Think about this. So you remember the Monopoly game with McDonald's, right? That was all fraud, right? Uh, there's a documentary called McMillions. It was all fake. It was a scam. It was whatever. The person that was found guilty of that, I don't think he served a single day in jail. With, uh, he just had to pay back money. Or if, no, I think one of them served like maybe five or 10 years, but he embezzled millions, like by well, million millions. Now here's well, the thing. Anytime there's a, uh, was it a white collar crime? Anytime there's a crime against money, they're not going to serve. They might serve a year or two. It's going to be different for Sebastian Telfair because he went to jail for, I want to say a gun charge, not... Oh, yeah. Let me say this. If they have clean records, they yeah. won't serve much time. If they have a rap sheet, they're probably going to serve three that, Well, I mean, for Sebastian, he's probably he's probably going back. If it's, it, their, if it's their first offense, they'll probably get maybe a year, maybe two years, or they might do a year and then two years probation. And then or they might subsidize. have a long-ass probation. Yeah, or long-ass pro- Or they might subsidize their... Uh, their salaries, their paychecks to pay back however much per person, something like that. But four million, dude, how like I don't know, man. It's just in today's world, bro. You can never get away with any kind of fraud like that. Like you just the government the IRS and the government does not play about their money. No, bro. They said, oh, four million's gone. Oh, we gotta look into that for sure. Yeah, insurance fraud is insurance fraud is huge too. But I think it's kind of like insurance fraud because they were lying about their health or some something like that. I'm gonna do a little bit digging because I want to know like how they got caught and what they were trying to do. Cause I don't know what that plan like like what like their bit their benefits or anything like that. I'm sure it's similar to people uh the fraud on the uh the loans for COVID. I'm sure it's similar. Yeah, I'm sure it's similar to that because people are lying about or people, there's people that do a fraud on uh, unemployment where they're lying and saying they're unemployed because of COVID, collect unemployment checks when they are probably, truthfully, they were just unemployed to begin with, you know, kind of thing. And they yeah. just lie about it. It's probably similar to that where um, I think there's some kind of money they get if you file something about being hurt or injured 
because of or whatever. Yeah, because of basketball down the road and they you get a settlement. Oh, it's probably something similar, but yeah, but they uh they all got caught. They got caught red-handed. <laughs> yeah. Still not Can crazy. you think about that, bro? Like you're just chilling, then you have federal agents knocking on your door and die. Well, like my thing is, if I embezzled four million, I'm not just chilling. Like once you, once I commit a, if I ever commit, I won't. But if I ever commit a crime like that, there is no just chilling. I'm out of the country. If I ever commit a crime that involves stealing money, I'm not staying in the country. So it, so if I. I won't, but I'm saying hypothetically, if I were to do something like that, it'd have to be for a re- it, four mil is not enough. Between 18 people, that's not enough skin in the game for me because it needs to be enough money for me to walk away with where I can leave the country, go off the grid for the rest of my life. Four mil, it's not enough for that. Like it'd have to be 150, 200 mil split between maybe two people and then I'm out, I'm gone. I'm Hold getting on. a dual citizenship somewhere else. Hold on. They're not catching me. You coming away with just over two hundred thousand for eight four mil for eighteen people? Yeah, that's not enough. That's not enough. That's nah, enough. that might last you. I don't even know shit because things over in other countries and stuff. The well, in, here in America, it lasts me. I can stretch it four years, two hundred thousand, and then you back on the streets trying to find some more money. Back on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and that's if I go four years without getting caught. So I, you know, you gotta leave the country. And if you do leave the country, you gotta go to a country where the dollar's worth more. Well, if you're doing that, where the dollar's worth more to their currency, mm-hmm. probably a third world country. <laughs> last thing, last thing, finally, before we go, what is the craziest thing that you have experienced just with like a GA or like a coach and a player? Like, what, like, something that you can tell. Yeah, probably, I, know, I, know I was got, about to I know, say, I know you got some story that you can't tell. So tell the ones that you can't. Yeah, there's, you got a, it. there's a handful I can't tell. <laughs> a GA and a, well, I don't know if I have anything really crazy that's like the ones that I can't tell. I, the ones that I have, I can't really tell. So I don't know if I have any, like just in general, or it has to be a coach involved because there's some like player stuff with dudes fighting and. Yeah, so yeah, I guess so. So something like that, yeah. Well, there's a a coach fought a player once. He he got. I guess I could tell this. I mean, I don't <laughs> care. The coaches aren't even there anymore. It's a whole new coaching staff. So just remember, none of these coaches or players are even at Mizzou anymore. This is forever ago. It is the day of the game. It's the day before the game, and we're eating a pre dinner. So we it's an away game. We travel, and. We get there Friday, game Saturday. So whenever we get there Friday, as soon as we land, we go put our bags in the lock, uh, our bags in the hotel room, and we have uh, we have like an itinerary, and it's like a strict schedule. Like don't show up late. If you show up late, you're not playing. So uh, it's time when we first get there. Usually, get either you either have dinner right away, or you gotta depending on because we go by position group. So like DB uh, D liner comes sit down at six, then the Safeties that come in at 6.10, you know, and it's like 10-minute increments, whatever. DB, it's time for us to go downstairs. We go downstairs. So we're all sitting there. When we're eating, it's quiet. There's no talking. These are like super focused meetings. So all you hear is just people's silverware on the plates, right? Food's fantastic. But we're just eating. No talking. (laughs) 
one of the coaches, I'm not going to say the position. Actually, I'll say one of the D-line coaches go up to a D-lineman and says something. Because I think he was eating too loud. Something stupid. The coach the coach was out of the wrong here. Yeah. And so the because uh, I think uh, the D line he was talking, but he was whispering. Like, you can whisper and talk, but you can't just talk normal. You got you know if you whisper, you're straight. So he was talking. I think the the coach is like, "Hey, you know, stop talking." He says something, <laughs> and so the D lineman like spoke up and talked normal. I was like, "What you talk? Like, what'd you say to me, bro?" The D the coach wound up and slapped the the player in the back of it like hard, like in the back of the head. Bro, the player got up. Ba, ba, ba. He threw three. Da, 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 da. They started, he started fighting. And then, you know, it's quiet. So all you hear is scuffling and like fighting. Bro, it was so wild because it was out of nowhere. And then uh obviously the coach was in the wrong. He got fired on the spot. So he packed his suitcase up and he, we stayed at a hotel on the like. The airport's right here. Like we are, the hotel is a hotel airport, mm-hmm. an airport hotel. He literally packed his the head coach will go home. He packed his bag. He literally walked to the airport from the hotel, bought a play ticket back, and I have I have not seen him since. It, bro, and I, it was like I'm here. There, there's a table. Like in front of me to the to the right, so I see all of it go down. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like, bro, it was like a legit. It wasn't like, well, it's it's funny now, but when it happened, it wasn't it's so serious, bro. It wasn't funny because it was like, you know, we're in a serious mood and there's no talking, and like it was a legit fight, fight, like, mm-hmm. like they were, you know, when dudes are mad, you're like, oh snap, like it's gonna get, yeah. yeah. How are you gonna be a head coach instigating and get pieced up like that? <laughs> oh, he got hit that one, two, three, and it took everybody because the coach used to be a D line, so it was two big dudes. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet. So it took half the team to hold back both of them. That's sh- that's just one instance. I mean, I've seen. Oh, I bet you've seen the whole ringer of your four. Well, yeah. no, fucking, what five years you had? Yeah, five. Yeah, bro. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You seen you you probably see some shit on a day on a weekly basis, probably. <laughs> well, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you once we're off air. I can't tell because cops are wrong. But uh, all right. Uh, but yeah, man. And it's yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I was gonna say because technically I'm a GA, but I don't do anything athletically related. Mine's yeah. more of. Professors, but man, great talk. I appreciate you for hopping on. I know we've been trying to get this one, uh, we've been trying to get this one set up for a minute, but you know, we're both guys that have lives, so and it seems like work. It, it seems like it's just too busy, bro. Like, even on even on the weekend, it's just like you don't even feel like really doing nothing because you're so burnt out from the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's my damn, my, my Sundays are sacred. And you got to uh, now and everything. Oh, so. yeah. Got to love it. But I uh, appreciate y'all. Uh, listeners, I appreciate y'all for watching or watching or listening. This IV Talks. I'm trying to get more special guests on. So if you guys, anybody listening to this, you want to hop on and just talk football, science, sports, politics, I don't care. We can get on and talk. Just hit me up. 
I want to get more episodes for the Ivy Talks because, uh, you know, you know, we stay doing our 615. But I just want to get more guest speakers on. If you know somebody that'd be good for me to talk, let me know. I'll reach out to them. You know, any everybody's welcome. I don't, you know, I don't discriminate. So we appreciate yes, y'all for listening. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Deuces.